once they found a boat that was on the on the river, it ended up being in the middle of the street, and so it gives the name to the to the to the street itself. Welcome to Ciao Bella, hosted by me, Erica Firpo, a travel journalist based in Rome. Each episode of Ciao Bella, I sit down with Italy's creators, contemporary artists and artisans, designers, culinary experts, heritage brands, and innovative estites and more who are defining and redefining 21st century Italy. Pull up a chair and join in. Hey, Ciao Bella listeners. Today I'm sitting at my favorite table at Pio Bumigi, a restaurant that many of you know that I love. It's my neighborhood restaurant. It's my favorite fish restaurant in Rome. But more than that, I'm with my favorite person, Lorenzo Vissi. Hello everyone, nice to meet you. Thank you for giving me the time to present uh, Pierluigi and Hotel de Vici. I always give the time. I love, I love hanging out with you, Lorenzo, because aside from the fact that you're so funny, you have such great opinions about things, and <laughs> you, you should laugh. You have good opinions, but Lorenzo is an old-school Roman friend of ours who just happens to have one of the hottest restaurants in Rome, but also has an incredible boutique kind of secret hotel in this neighborhood. So I first thought we'd talk a little bit about your background and Pierluigi. Um, well, I'm uh, I'm a Roman, 100% born in Rome. Um, the city uh, for me has been always uh, very close connected with the restaurant uh, that my father owns since uh, 1980. Um, Your dad worked here before he owned it, right? My dad worked in a restaurant nearby, and then in 1980 he bought this restaurant that was at the time very family-run, was a, uh, a family, husband and wife, uh, with, uh, with a couple of waiters, it was traditional Roman. My father bought it from them in 1980, and since then uh, we are here. Um, and uh, I studied in Switzerland my university time. Uh, hospitality business, business economics applied to hospitality business, and uh, traveled around the world for a while working in Brazil, Australia, New York, uh, and different places. And then in 2009, I came back to take over the restaurant. I know you redid it design-wise, I remember that. Yes. And um, one of the things that Darius and I always say about you that we love, we love, com we love coming to Paralibigi for the atmosphere, we love coming to Paralibigi for the food, we love seeing you, but we also love seeing you in action because, you know, all of your collective experience, you're the, you know, you, I think you must have, I think your head is like circumferenced by eyes because you're the kind of guy that can be standing in the far corner of the piazza and you see what's going on at the table completely opposite and then you give like a look to the waiter and the waiter knows it's like you're telepathic and you have all these eyes like it's and, and it's it's amazing your attention to detail has always astounded me when when you spend as much time as we do in, in the in the restaurant with the same people you you build uh, non-verbal uh, communication and uh, and your staff is capable to understand uh, something if, if you're trying to send them a message, and this is what uh, this is what we do in this business, we have so many clients from so many different uh, locations in the world coming with different expectations. We must be able to recognize what they're waiting for, what they're expecting, um, and absolutely uh, know how and when deliver uh, what to deliver to these clients. 
But that's, I think you guys, you're, you're a great team because you're absolutely right. It's like you're all in sync telepathically. You do get each other. And, and yes, you do have this, you have a, a head full of eyes because you see, oh, it's almost like you see stuff before it happens. Now, the thing that I found so cool was that you decided in 2017 that you were going to go beyond the piazza of Pierluigi and around the corner. Absolutely. And create probably... I was going to say one of the most unique experiences, but I think that's too many superlatives right there. But an experience that I've never seen in Italy. It's it's um, it, it, at the time in 2017, it, it was uh, uh, against the odds. Everyone was very uh, concerned uh, about the investment and about the results that the investment would have had in, in time. Uh, to open a boutique hotel with uh, with the vision of uh, providing uh, square footage to clients that um, that is not very common in Rome because uh, let's say in, in, in an average room in Rome would be 180 square feet. Uh, our smallest room, uh, our smallest suite in in, in our hotel, Hotel de Ricci, is uh, 270 square feet. Uh, and most of the rooms, they have balconies, that they are livable, so there's tables, there's couches. It was, a, it was a gamble. We decided to go for a bigger room, eight rooms, uh, and more space, and more service. Uh, a tailor-made experience uh, to a high-end clientele that would appreciate um, to be in a different corner of the city center of Rome. We are not facing uh, the sightseeing and the most important sightseeing of town. We are in a in a very Roman neighborhood. You well, let's let's tell everybody a little bit. Let me localize everyone because we're on Via Monserrato, which has a few claims to fame. One being that Sai Twombly, my favorite artist, used to live here. The other being that Beatrice Cenci lived here. So if you're into Roman history, which you should be, or, you know, Renaissance and, and and Baroque history, not just the ancient stuff. Beatrice Cenci was from a very prestigious family, and she lived up the road in the, uh, I think it's in the, the late 1500s. Um, we can talk about her story later, but the point is this is a pretty old neighborhood. Uh, the area is called Regola. Um, it's a historic street. It's a tiny street. The buildings are maybe three or four levels. And your particular building, which I love, it's a beautiful brick building around the corner from a church, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we have uh, the Spanish church in front of us. Um, and we are on this little street that is called Via della Barchetta. Uh, Barchetta. Barchetta, exactly. Oh, I wonder why. Uh, the, because uh, the, the Rione, so the neighborhood, it's called Regola, which is a derivation of the original name that is, uh, um, it's the, the sand that was coming into, into the, the historical part of town when the river, the Tiber River, was flooding due to the rains. And once they found a boat that was on the, on the river, it ended up being in the middle of the street, and so it gave the name to the, to the, to the street itself. Um, Via Giulia is the most important street of this neighborhood. Uh, it's the, it takes the name from Pope Giulio, Julius II, who at the time invited all the noble family from south and north and north of uh, Italy 
uh, to build their palaces all around this that was the first straight kilometers in town. So the Julia is historically very important and all the buildings along of it, they are very famous buildings uh, with paintings, frescoes. Like Palazzo Sacchetti, which is one of my favorite buildings. Palazzo Sacchetti, Palazzo Ricci, we, we have uh, frescoes on the facades. It's, uh, it's a unique, uh, it's a unique uh, kilometer in, in the heart of Rome. And there's also a high school there, there's a, like a, from the 1930s. Like it's, a, it's an incredible build, incredible road, incredible neighborhood. And at the end, just, I would say like 200 meters from Hotel de Ricci is Palazzo Farnese and Piazza Farnese, which is the beautiful French embassy. Michelin. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's an. Inc I mean, I, I I'm biased. I live nearby. You live nearby. We know we love. We can't leave this area. We love it, yes. but for a reason. It's um, the the neighborhood as a if, when when you look at the neighborhood as a complexity of it, you have uh, the historical site. Uh, the historical part of the, the neighborhood and you have uh, but today it's still very Roman not very touristic uh, you still have the neighborhood bar where you go every morning and everyone knows each other you have the, the marketplace in Campo de Fiori where you still can find the fresh veggies and all this kind of products um, so it is one minute far from Piazza Navona, but you are living a different experience of the city center of Rome. Completely, completely. Now there are, Hotel Tadici open only eight rooms. It's one of the few places, and I, and I love how you talked about where everybody was, you know, you, you really focus on space. Yes. And there are only eight rooms, um, and they're beautifully designed. Can you talk a little bit about the design and the concept behind Hotel Derici? When we built the hotel and we started discussing about what would have been the design and what we wanted to deliver, uh, I had I had, um, I had clear that uh, the room had to be big uh, at the same time it had, they had to be contemporary as a, as a from a performance uh, point of view. But I wasn't able to give it the charm that it has today. So we, we spoke with our friends and neighbors at Chedede, who they uh, worked in, um, in collaboration with us, and they created the mood and the spirit that you can feel from the entrance, which feels like if you are in a living room, it's, a, it's more of a living room than the traditional reception you would have uh, in a big hotel. And the charm of the bar, that uh, wanted to create a space where everyone can feel comfortable when they have free time and they don't want to stay into their rooms. Um, to the smoking lounge, we have uh, the cigar lounge, which is one of the three available in Rome. Uh, and then the wine cellar and the experience around the wine, that was uh, my my belief that would have been a kick to the, to the hotel, something different that, that people can enjoy. And uh, I must say, we got it right. Can't complain. I think you definitely got it right. And I want to get back into the wine because I think um, you know, one of the things that I, that I know about you personally is you have an incredible memory. You have a really great memory, you do. And, and you have an incredible memory with wine. I mean, you have an incredible knowledge of wine combined with your memory. And I think you've kind of funneled that all into, aside from it being already existing in Piero Luigi, because I, I love eating downstairs in the wintertime in that the little wine area. Big wine area. <laughs> but um, 
Hotel de Vici has a big wine focus. Is that part of the experience in the rooms as well? Absolutely. Um, when we built Hotel de Ricci, we uh, we wanted to give this this um, uh, local and friendly kind of uh, approach. Uh, very detailed. Everything. It's uh, it's uh, um, the experience in the hotel. It's uh, custom made. It's tailor made for each each client. And uh, the wine part to each room was thought. Uh, with uh, uh, with the wine cellar inside, and um, we customize the we customize each uh, each room uh, and each wine cellar depending on the requests of uh, of our of our client, uh, because we um, we felt that uh, being in Italy and being on vacation and uh, knowing our clientele, we know that wine it's a big part of each person's vacation and um, and so we are able we have a wine list that goes more or less 1,800 labels with all the different vintages so we have a huge uh, a wide selection of wines is it just Italian no 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 very international we have uh, we we won the um, wine spectator award for during the last uh, five years um, we have a huge selection of wines from everywhere in the world and, and we are capable to provide uh, every and satisfy most of the requests of our client. And this obliged us not only, you know, it's not easy to put a wine cellar inside the room and, and, and get to the, to the success just because there is a wine cellar. Or our employees in the hotel, they come from a, so many backgrounds. So they are wine uh, experts uh, who have been trained in. Uh, hospitality business, especially in uh, front office and uh, and this kind of um, reality, which is different from a restaurant, and that allowed us to have uh, a team capable of uh, uh, welcoming clients uh, from the hotel point of view, but at the same time to be always available and uh, provide uh, with uh, every questions, uh, requests or explanations about the wines, wine tastings. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Well, I think you guys definitely have a lot of fun. I know you. I know that you have wine programming also in the in the bar, which is called Charade. Yes. And or Charade, as you could say in American English. Um, and there are monthly, at least monthly events where um, a winemaker comes. There are tastings. Uh, as a guest in the hotel, so if I were to book a room, I, you would ask me your 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 wine experts would or, and your front staff would ask me what kind of wines I like and that would be curated for my room absolutely uh, the, the reservation the reservation uh, uh, process is um, is uh, tailor-made uh, we we ask everything about what if they have any requests for the time that they're spending in Rome if they want to organize uh, uh, tours or all these kind of things and part of the process is about the, their wine cellar and uh, if they have any preferences. Otherwise, we take the freedom of uh, giving a selection of from north to south of Italy that people can enjoy if they want to. Can guests also, can you, are you organizing experiences like wine taste, like not wine tastings, but visits to? Yes, we do have a, um, a selection of experiences that 
we can do or while they are in Rome, which means that it would be a day trip to different uh, wine producers that are outside the city. Um, the most famous region is Frascati because it's the most representative region outside Rome. The wine, Frascati wine, it's traditional of the town. Uh, but we do have other, other small production that you can uh, reach with a, with a driver during the day. Over there, there would be uh, the wine tasting, a little food, and, uh, and then you come back. But otherwise, we do have experiences that they take a little bit longer. We have a three days experience that we can do, or in Tuscany, or south of Italy, or you you can uh, you can ask for the uh, six seven days experience, which is uh, Tuscany and uh, north in, north of Italy, or maybe Piedmont or uh, the Veneto area, which is the Franciacorta wines or the all the Valpolicella wines and all these things. Um, yeah, it, the, the wine experience itself, uh, it's very strong in, it's uh, in what we in what we want to give to our clients. Well, I wanted to ask you, you know, I, I mean, I think, I think it's, I think wine's become a lot, I don't want to say easier, but there, there's been a lot of innovation, a lot. Um, Italy has had, I think, you know, we, we've been seeing more and more Italian winemakers, um, small winemakers, women winemakers, natural winemakers. And I wanted to ask you if you had any um, in particular that recently or in the past few years that have kind of, you're like, ah, you know, that's really cool. I really like what they're doing. If you want to share that with me. Look, I cannot, I cannot say names because I, <laughs> I, know, I know personally most of them. But what I can say is uh, these uh, organic, natural, bio, uh, Wine production is, uh, it was in need, first of all. Um, the beautiful thing is that um, uh, not only younger productions or new productions are uh, approaching this new, I'm not gonna say, this new policy, this new belief of producing wines uh, in a more uh, sustainable and a more uh, natural way. There is a lot of new, or, uh, or a lot of old and big productions that they are starting the change of their way of uh, winemaking, of their way of the wine process, and they are focusing much more on the uh, natural way that the wine should be done without using all the chemicals and this kind of thing. On the on the other side, uh, it has always to be considered that. Um, it's not so easy a change for a big company that goes from uh, something that is stable and uh, and uh, successful already and change the policy. Uh, but this is becoming the new the new way of winemaking. So we are very happy to embrace it and clients love it. So can't complain. All right, let's play a little game. You are a good eater. I'm a good eater. Let's. It's hot. It's really, really hot. You're in Rome. What's the one dish you should have for lunch and the glass of wine? You don't have to name the label. Just well, the but you, you, if you're in Rome and it's hot, uh, uh, it's complicated. Uh, if you're <laughs> on vacation, if you're on vacation, you have whatever you want, whatever you feel. One, I mean, I can imagine you're coming from New York, you are in Rome, you, you have whatever you want. You want to have a huge amatriciana and outside is 100 degrees. Have it. Anyway, you have air conditioning in your taxi, in your Uber, and 
so you can enjoy your time. But Rome is pretty hot in summer, so maybe you're having, uh, if you're at Pierluigi, you're having a Catalana salad, which is the salad with, uh, with uh, prawns and uh, cherry tomatoes and rocket. Um, or otherwise a tartare, a nice, very cold, chilled uh, white wine, or a nice rosé, or, or maybe a Pinot Noir if you want to go for a, for a red. Um, but if, if you're on vacation, just enjoy it as much as you can. After the two years of COVID, we have to enjoy every minute. <laughs> well, what's, your, what's your favorite pasta dish? Uh, I'm gonna say in, in my restaurant is the lobster pasta. You know what my favorite is? Which one? Carbonara al mare. Carbonara di mare. Yes, yeah, so the uh, carbonara di mare is my favorite. It it, it is it is a fantastic uh, fantastic uh, pasta. Uh, it is funny even for us to create it. Um, we we changed the traditional recipe, which would be eggs and uh, and. Uh, pancetta or guanciale, uh, we changed it to, instead of using eggs, we use sea urchins, instead of using the, the pork, we use the tuna that we process just as if it was the traditional pork, and uh, the result is great, it's very funny to make it, it's very funny to taste it, it tastes delicious. We realized that many people never had sea urchins before, which was very surprising, uh, but it's always a win, which means that it works. Oh, it totally works. And it's like, you know, I, I'm a carbonara, like I could eat it every single day, but then it gets too hot. Yes. And that's why the carbonara di mare is like, for me, the perfect choice. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for making it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to have that on Tuesday night. Um, last question. Uh, what do you, what do you, how, what would you consider the 21st century Italian identity to be like? I think, you know, it seems like there's, especially post-COVID, there's been this resurgence of, you know, Italian identity, and I don't mean politically, I mean in, like, manifattura, in, you know, like, you know, for example, Hotel de Ricci, one of the things that I love about it is it has, it is really strong, this Italian identity and its Roman identity, working and, t you know, working with local designers, um, the, the elements that are in there are Roman. Curious well, as to your thoughts. I think that um, uh, after these two years of COVID, uh, we were a little bit abandoned to ourselves. We didn't have uh, any opportunity coming from uh, the outside. So we had to do an introspection. We had to look in, at the local market and uh, reconsider the opportunities. And this, this is an argument that has touched everyone, not only hospitality business, but even factories and uh, all the manufacturing. So uh, I think that the future will be more and more focused and, um, and characterized by an Italian taste, an Italian, stronger Italian taste, stronger Italian appeal. Um, at the same time, at the same time, collaborations, as you mentioned, they became uh, very, very important. Uh, we were capable to, we were capable, and we realized that uh, uh, bringing into a new project or bringing together uh, excellences as from different kind of uh, uh, businesses, as Chevy Day for uh, the decor and the wine world for their production. Uh, 
it increased the results and it, it gave more strength to, to your project. And, uh, and this is happening more and more. Uh, our city will be, in, in the coming three to four years, will be, uh, will have a different face. International companies are coming. Uh, Rome is becoming more and more appealing to everyone. Um, and this would be, hopefully, would be very good for the for Italy and for our town. I think it will be. Now let's let everybody know where they can find, aside from walking down, taking a, I guess taking a ride at Piazza Piazza Farnese and walking down Via Monserrato. Um, where can we find you? So we can go on Instagram. Is it Hotel Derici on Instagram? Absolutely, Hotel Derici on Instagram and. Uh, and Pierluigi Ristorante on Instagram. Exactly, Pierluigi Roma. Pierluigi Roma. And then the website? Uh, the hotel, www.hotelderici.com and pierluigi.it. Perfect. So if you're not in Rome, but you want to take a walk through Rome, go to those two Instagram pages and uh, maybe you'll even see me on them. <laughs> Thanks, Lorenzo. Thank you very much, Erika. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Ciao Bella. If you'd like to know more about today's guest, please visit ciaobella.co and click on the podcast link or go directly to ciaobella.co backslash podcast. Want more Italy? You can find all my episodes on iTunes and Spotify and Stitcher. When you have time, subscribe to iTunes and rate the podcast. What are you waiting for? And if you want to be part of the podcast, email me or DM me your Italy questions. To learn more about me and my work, go to my website, ericafirpo.com, and follow my Italy adventures on Instagram at ericafirpo. Ciao, Bella! And a very big thank you and hug to Massimiliano Yonta, the producers of Ciao, Bella, who continue to make me sound and feel great. 